Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Alright, so, here we are. So we're talking about the value and the importance of God's Word and I've just noticed that Josh and Heather have just logged on and they are with us. So, as I mentioned to you, the reason why I'm, I'm doing and I'm going over this series of studies is to help you see the value that flows from the Word of God as we diligently study it and as we sincerely uh, approach the Word of God with an open heart and an open mind in times when we are quiet before the Lord when our minds are not filled with activities and with the hustle and the bustle of life. And so, so it's important for our spiritual growth as well as our spiritual maturity, growing in Christ. That's why Jesus said, No man can live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, I believe with all of my heart, and I, and I say this sincerely, that God is on the lookout for mature believers. Now, He loves everyone the same. God's love is equal for all of us. No matter what stage of growth or level of maturity we are in, God loves us and He loves us unconditionally. And we need to believe that from our hearts. God doesn't think any less of you if you don't know His Word. God doesn't love you any less if you don't spend time in the Word. We need to understand that. God loves you unconditionally. Whether you read the Word, whether you study the Word, whether you pray or you do not pray. But I do believe with all of my heart that God is on the lookout that God is on the lookout for mature believers, believers who are trained, believers who are equipped in the Word of God, who are able to influence others in following Christ. Are you with me? Just wave your hand. So, God is always on the lookout for such believers. They are not only able to lead others to Christ, but also they are able to disciple others in the ways of God. Say you bring someone to the Lord, you lead them in a sinner's prayer. But what do you do afterwards if you're not equipped in the Word, if you're not trained in the Word, you will not be able to lead them into maturity or into discipleship. And I've learned this from my own experience over the years, that I cannot take people further than where I have gone. I can only take them as far as I have gone in the Lord. And it's, it's a fundamental law. It's a universal law. And the Bible says, no, no, no disciple is above his master. In other words, you can only take people as far as you have gone in the Lord. So, God is on the lookout for people who are not only able to bring others to the faith, but also walk with them in a, in a loving relationship, in a caring relationship, where they are discipled by you and taking care of their pastoral needs, so to speak. 
I was only a couple of years old in the Lord when I led a few people to the Lord and I questioned the Lord, Lord, where do I take them? How do I feed them? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you give them to eat. You feed them. You coach them. You minister the word of God to them. And I said, Lord, but I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. How will I be able to do that? And God spoke and he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And he said, just give them what you know. You don't have to know everything from the Bible to disciple someone. But the truths that you have learned, the truths that you are walking in, you can communicate to others no matter where you are. And the more I gave, the more I taught, the more I received. The more I ministered, the more light I received. The more of the word I gave out, the more the revelation knowledge came back to me. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. We become active in the work of God, in the ministry of God. We're not just passive hearers of the word, but we engage people and we minister to people by communicating to them the word of life as the Lord leads us by His Spirit. Now, granted, not all want to be discipled in Christ today. But there are sincere believers who are hungry for God and are searching for His presence. And a year ago when I was in Gypsum in Colorado and I began to wait upon the Lord and pray and question God about various things, God showed me clearly that I was there in answer to a genuine cry from a number of believers who desired the deeper things of the Spirit and wanted the meat of the Word, not just the milk of the Word. They were tired of hearing the milk and receiving the milk and they wanted more of the word. They wanted to go deeper in the things of the spirit and as a result of their cry within the hearts, God heard the prayer and God took me all the way from Cape Town to Gypsum in order to minister that word, the meat of the word, so that they can go on to maturity. But not everybody wants to be discipled. Not everybody wants the deeper things of the Spirit because it costs. Amen. Every step we take forward in God, it will cost us something. And so that's how God works. We give Him a bit of ourselves and He gives us Himself. The more we surrender our lives to Christ, the more of Christ lives and works within us. Now, if we are taught and trained the way God desires for us to be trained, then in due time, I believe God will anoint every single one of us and will bring us to those who desire to go on to maturity and to the deeper things of the Spirit. So, you may not have anyone right now to disciple, but I will tell you this. As you are diligent in being discipled, as you are diligent in receiving and learning and being trained in the Word, in due time, God will bring across your path those who are sincere, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty and want to go on to the deeper things of the Spirit. And so what we need to do right now is to prepare ourselves in the Word. And that's exactly what what we're doing. I am ministering to you the Word. I'm equipping you in the knowledge of the Word. You are being trained in the Word. You are learning about things 
from the Word of God, so you are ready. When the opportunity arises, you will be there to meet the need of those people around you. You will be able to tell them what the Word of God says. They have a question. You will be able to answer the question. They have a situation in their lives. The wisdom of God will come through you and will be given to them. And if they listen to that word you give them, they will find the solution to the problems. And so this is how God works. If we are to grow, I believe, and multiply the concept of small groups who meet in houses just like we are doing in order to fellowship and build covenant relationships and be discipled in the word, we need to have mature Christians who are able to take care of those who come to us. And so while I was with you in Gypsum, I spent two weeks most of my ministry was centered around godly relationships, loving one another, being patient with one another, forgiving one another, growing in the Lord, growing in love, so that when there is a person that needs to go on with God, God knows where to bring him. Amen? Now, one thing is for certain. I can teach and preach from a distance, like I do today but cannot do all of the shepherding and all of the caring of everyone as well. It's impossible. Mature believers from each house church would need to rise up in every house church in order to take care of the people that God brings to us. What do I mean by taking care? By loving them, by caring for them, by praying for them by ministering to them in various other ways. When they have a need, you jump in there, you help, you assist, you advise, you care, you love, you build relationships so that those who are brought to us by the Lord, they will feel that there is something here in this house church that is genuine, that is of the Spirit, that is of God, and they will want to be there. And of course, it's not all honey and sugar. There will be times when things will happen, people will say things, we are imperfect human beings, and we might get upset, we might get offended, you know, but we need to overcome these things as we grow in Christ and as we grow in the things of the Spirit. Now let me say this, which I have been pondering on this for quite a while. Being taught and trained in the Word of God is not the end goal of this exercise, but only a means to an end. I'm going to say that again so that we, we, we are all on the same page. Being taught and trained in the Word of God is not an end in itself, but only a means to an end. The goal is for me to enable you not only to know the word, but to help you communicate that word, teach and disciple that same word, that, that word that I'm giving you in your sphere of influence. In other words, what you are being taught, you are able to assimilate it for yourself and also be able to communicate it to those whom God brings into your sphere of influence. Amen? Are you with me? 
Now, I say that and I base it on the scripture. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, I'm going to read it from both translations from the New King James Version. And I'm going to read it as well from the Amplified Translation. Paul said to Timothy, who was one of his disciples, Timothy was a spiritual son to Paul. And he writes to him and he says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Notice what the Amplified Translation says. And the instructions which you have heard from me or learned from me, along with many witnesses, transmit and entrust as a deposit to reliable and faithful men who will be competent and qualified to teach others also. Amen. He says, what I've taught you, Timothy, what you've heard from me, what you've learned from me among all these witnesses, I want you to commit these things to reliable men, to faithful men, not just to everybody, but to faithful men who will also be able to teach others as well. So one generation disciples another generation, and it goes on from one generation to the next, from one age group to the next. And through wholesome teaching, we receive, of course, revelation, knowledge, and understanding in how to prosper in every sphere of our lives, but we do not stop there. Listen to me. We communicate to others what we are taught so that they may also come into the blessed rest of God and experience all that God has for them as well. Do you see that? You are responsible for the word you receive, not only to obey it, but also to communicate it to others as well. And you know, you may not be in a position where I am, where God gives me a pulpit and a platform, but you are in a place where God has placed certain people in your sphere of influence. And you need to pray and say, Lord, Who do you want me to communicate the things that you have taught me? Who do you want me to share the revelation that you are giving me? Because I don't want to keep it to myself. I want to share it with someone. And the more you share it, the more you increase. The more you give it out, the more you receive. This is a fundamental law. Give and it shall be given unto you again. And this is not just talking about financial matters. It's talking about revelation knowledge and truths that you receive. The more you give that truth out, the more you receive. And the further revelation and light you receive from it. Now, if we all do with what we receive from the Word of God... If all we do is sit on it without passing it on to someone in some form or another, then we are defeating the object of this exercise. And I want to say this. We as believers need to learn to differentiate between seed and bread. And I will explain that. Because God gives us both. He gives us seed to sow 
and he gives us bread to eat. Now, as disciples of the Lord Jesus, we need to learn how to differentiate between seed and bread. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 and see what the word says. Because God says in his word that he gives us seed to sow and he gives us bread to eat. Bread is for consumption, seed is for sowing. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 says the following. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So, here we see the two things that God gives us. He supplies seed and he supplies bread. Bread is for our own consumption. Seed is for giving it out and sowing into the life of other people. Now I understand here of course that Paul is speaking about financial matters, financial seed and material resources, but the same principle can be applied to spiritual things. And I want you to hear me carefully now. God ministers both to us. He gives us knowledge from his word which is applicable to us and to our situation and to our specific needs. But he also gives us revelation, knowledge, and truth, which is to be communicated to other people as well, from you. We must learn to do both. In other words, we, <coughs> we consume the word of God, the revelation that he gives us for ourselves. We eat it, we receive it, we benefit from it. But we also need to be good farmers with the seed that God gives us from his word. In one of the master parables of Jesus, he taught about the sower who went out sowing good seed. And in Mark chapter 4 verse 3, Jesus began his parable with the words, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And all of us, in one form or another, we need to become sowers of the Word of God. Sowers of the Word of God, sowers of the wisdom of God, sowers of the love of God, sowers of the goodness of God. Ministering the Word to others is one of the most exciting and invigorating exercises of our faith. The more you share the word, the more your faith is invigorated, is revived, and is activated. It is, that's, that's the universal principle. The more you share the word of your faith with others, the more revelation knowledge comes back to you. And the principle of multiplication is activated in your own life. You may, you may not have much to say, but you do have a testimony. God saved you. Amen? And the Word of God exhorts us to speak of the wonderful works of God. Amen? God years ago had me write down my testimony in a little booklet form and give it out to people. I want to share my testimony. I've got a glorious testimony. And so what am I doing? I'm sharing 
the works of God. I'm sharing the word of God. I'm sharing the revelation and the love of God that I received. I don't want to keep it to myself. I don't want to be a consumer. I want to be not just a consumer of God's revelation, but a sower of God's truth. So, in Luke 6.38, Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you again. Hallelujah. The way you communicate the word is the way God will communicate revelation back to you. Here is a profound truth. The value of the seed is only realized when it is sown into the ground. Amen? As long as the seed remains in the packet or on the shelf, it has no value. Do you agree with me on that? Amen. You have some seed, you keep it on your shelf, you keep it in the packet. That seed has no value. It will rot in due time. The value of any kind of seed is realized when you take it out of the packet and put it into the ground and begin to water it. That's when you're going to see value. Now, value is realized when it is sown. Listen to what Jesus said in John 12 verse 24. John 12, 24 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. And so it is with the Word of God. As long as the Word is on the shelf gathering dust, value cannot be realized. But when it is taken out of these pages, when it is taken out of these pages and put into our hearts, into the soil of our hearts and into the lives of others, the result will be fruitfulness, growth and multiplication. Amen. Amen. And that's what we need to realize. God has placed into our hands the incorruptible seed of His Word. And I believe one day we will give an account how we responded to the Word and what we have done with the Word we have received from Him. He's going to ask us, what have you done with the revelation I've given you? How have you communicated that? How have you sown that into the lives of others? Whom have you influenced in Christ Jesus? Did you just consume it all for yourself? Or you took some of that revelation and began to distribute it or communicate it, whether you did it through CDs or through the written page or through uh, little booklets or whatever, or through the spoken word, you're still communicating it out and you will receive your reward. Now, I want to take you to a group of people in the New Testament that they were wonderful farmers. Man, this particular disciples were so on fire for God. They loved God so much. They were on fire for God. Their faith was active. It was, it was alive and it was communicative. And we find this group of people in Thessalonica. 
They, they are called the Thessalonians. And the Thessalonians, according to the New Testament, were excellent farmers of their faith. Paul bragged on them wherever he went. Here are some of the things he said about them, and I want you to see that from your own Bibles. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, and verse 8. 1 Thessalonians, the first epistle of Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to read verse 2 and 3, and we're going to read verse 8 as well. This is what Paul says to them. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and Father. Verse 8, For from you, Thessalonians, the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything about you. Here is a congregation that every shepherd would love to shepherd. <laughs> Can you say amen to that? These folks loved God, they loved the word, and they began to spread that word out like wildfire. These believers were so enthusiastic about their faith in Christ. They were enthusiastic about the word of God, the love of God, and they spread their faith throughout their region. In fact, Paul says to them, from you the word of God sounded forth, it went out, not only in your own region in Macedonia, but also in Achaia, and also in every place. Achaia is where Athens is today. Thessalon Thessalonica is on the north of Greece. Achaia is on the southern part of Greece. And so these believers just communicated the word of God. They communicated the faith, the zeal, the love for God, and the faith that they had and they began to, um, to give it out. They were so joyful. Despite all the persecution and all the tribulation they were going through from their own countrymen. But none of those things dissuaded them, discouraged them, or stopped them from spreading the word of God to the known world. In fact, as you've just read with me. Paul says your faith towards God has gone out so that we don't have to say anything about you. Your faith has already spoken out loud. Your work of faith, your labor of love. These believers, men, they were so in love with God. And many times I ponder and I meditate on these verses of Scripture and I wonder why. Why is it so rare to find Christians today of this caliber. There are few, but they are few. But they are far in between. That they are on fire for God. They are enthusiastic about their faith. They are joyful in the Lord. 
despite the challenges of life, despite what they are going through, they have a smile on their face, they have a joy in the heart that nothing can quench. Why is it so rare to find such believers today with such caliber of faith? And I question myself. This is one of my questions. This is one of my, you know, I wonder. I don't know if you do question God, but I'm sure in your own life you, you have questions. And this is one of my questions. Is it, and I say, Lord, is it because the gospel they preached in those days or the gospel they received carried far more power and grace than the one we receive today? It's a question I'm asking the Lord. Or is it perhaps that the soil of the hearts of those early disciples was far more fertile than the soil of our hearts today? You know, Jesus said that the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things coming into our hearts choke the very life of the Word of God and does not and do not enable it to grow and blossom and bear fruit. But you may tell me, well, they had challenges in those days. They had persecutions in those days, far more than we have today. The world hasn't changed. The same devil that was then is the same devil that is today that is after the believers, that is causing problems in our lives. And so these are some of the questions that I'm wrestling with and praying to God and asking God for answers. Well, I came to a conclusion. I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. You have your own opinions. I have mine. But I personally believe that both of these statements that I made are correct. Meaning, that the gospel they preached then was accompanied with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and with power. It wasn't just a gospel of words. There were demonstrations of power and signs and wonders. Listen to what Paul says in one of his epistles. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, he says the following, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. The gospel they preached was so powerful that it convicted the hearts of believers and unbelievers alike. He brought them to a place of brokenness and repentance. In fact, when Peter stood up to preach in the book of Acts, the Bible says 3,000 souls were saved in one day. But the power that came out of Peter's mouth caused such repentance and such fear in people's hearts that they ran to him and said, Men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In other words, the word came with such power that it brought conviction of sin and of unrighteousness in the lives of, of, of those people. Now, why did they carry such tremendous power and authority? Well, I believe there's a reason for that. These men of old, I believe, were so dedicated and so consecrated to God 
by living a life of prayer that was accompanied by holy living. They lived a life of abstinence. They lived a life that was a fasted life. They lived a life that was filled with prayer and was accompanied by holy living. And as a result of that, the words carried power and authority to bring conviction and convince people of their sin and the need for repentance. That's, that's one answer that I have. And we read in 1 Thessalonians, and I want, to, I want to back that up with Scripture, not just give you an opinion. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5 says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. Paul writes and he says, For our gospel, the gospel that we preach to you did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. They demonstrated a life of holiness, a life of separation, a life of consecration to God. And he says, the gospel we preach to you did not come only with words. It came with power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. Amen. Amen. These men preached and the world trembled. They feared them. In fact, in the book of Acts we read that no one dared to join them unless they were sincere because they were afraid of them. There was such power, such demonstration of the Spirit of God that, that they would not dare join them unless they were really sincere in believing and in walking with God. We also see that these believers received the word of God. Now that's the other side, of course. With an open and an honest heart. The hearts were open. The hearts were honest. They, were, they, they carried within them a fertile soil for the word of God to fall in and to throw roots and to bring forth fruit. And Paul says to the same people in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, he says the following, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. So here we have from one hand we have anointed man of God and when they preached the gospel with such power and demonstration of the spirit, they found hearts that were open and willing and receptive and welcomed that word, not as the word of men, but as the word of God. And as a result of the two being brought together, this tremendous explosion of faith took place. And that's why these believers were so on fire for God, despite all the affliction, all the challenges, and all the persecution they were facing. 
and they had one goal, one primary goal in their lives. It was to communicate the faith they received to regions beyond their own immediate sphere of influence. Wouldn't you like to be one of those people, like one of those people? That the word of the Lord would say to you, from you son, from you daughter, the word of God has sounded forth, not only in your own region, but in regions beyond you. And I don't have to say anything about your faith because your faith speaks for itself. Now, which pastor, which shepherd would not be proud of such people and would want to have such people in his congregation? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not sharing this with you to, um, to make you feel bad or to condemn you in any way, but I'm showing you from the scriptures that this is the type of people that God is on the lookout for. He's looking for sincere disciples who will receive the word of God and will begin to seek the Lord for platforms and for opportunities to communicate that word to those around them. And not only for them to be discipled, but also to disciple others and to begin to walk with them and care for them and love them and minister the word of God through building relationship with them. And so that's what the Lord laid on my heart to share with you this week. The tremendous responsibility we carry before God for the truths and the revelation we receive. And you know, sometimes, as I said, not everybody wants to be discipled. Not everybody wants to hear what you have to say. So what you do is you pray. You say, Lord, lead me to the people that you know are ready to receive what you have given to me. I want to be able to plant this seed, this word that you've given me, this revelation that you've shown me. What you've done in my life, what I've experienced, I want to communicate it to others as well so that I can bring glory and honor to your name so that other lives may be touched and blessed. Amen. Can we pray along those lines today before we go? Listen, folks, I love you with all of my heart. I confess my love towards you and my care often because I want you to know that I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, the desire of my heart is to see you grow and become a fruitful disciple of the Lord. I want to see you blessed in every area of your life, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially as well. I, want, I, I desire for you the very best that God has for you. And I know that the word of God is the only source, the only agent that can give you that blessing and bring you into a place of rest, a place of fruitfulness, a place of multiplication. And so, Father, I want to pray for everyone within the sound of my voice today, Lord. I want to pray for everyone who is listening to this ministry, to this word. And I cry out to you, Father, that you would give us a heart that is filled with sincerity, that is filled with a desire to receive the word of God, to practice the word, but also to communicate this word to those 
whom you have destined us to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that you would burden our hearts with those who are around us that are lost, with those believers that are around us that are lukewarm, that are indifferent, that have backslidden, that, Father, have not received the revelation of how great you are and how wonderful you are. I pray, Father, that in due time, as you equip each and every one of us, you would bring people into our lives whom we will love and invest into, that we can share the Word of God, the faith of God, the things that you have done in our own lives and take them further in the walk with God and disciple them even as you have discipled us through those whom you have sent into our lives to minister the word of God. And Lord, I commit each and every one of your people and pray for divine protection as they go out and as they come in. Those that are traveling, I pray for safe passage, Father, Pray for safe journey. Pray that you would guard and cover them every area of their lives. Pray for the businessmen in our spiritual family, Father. Pray that you would protect them and bless the work of their hands so they can be a greater blessing to the kingdom of God, to the work of God. Pray that you would increase the sphere of influence, Father, in the name of Jesus. Pray that you would rebuke the devourer for their sakes. In Jesus' name, as you have promised to those who faithfully support the work of the kingdom. And pray for their children, Father, for all of our children, the young and the old alike, that you would protect, Father, by your Spirit. I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one, Lord. And pray that through your word you would sanctify us all and set us apart, for your word is truth. Thank you for what you've given us today and pray that the words that we have received will bear fruit in our own lives and in the lives of those that we will communicate these revelations. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.